Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, I'm not Pastor Barry, but uh, Pastor Barry does send his regards. He is so, uh, I know he's so sad not being able to be here together with you guys. And uh, you might have heard that he threw out his back. Uh, it was just sweeping. He was like sweeping his backyard and he totally threw out his back. Like the pain was so bad that he had like almost passed out like a couple different times, uh, he was telling me. And so uh, he texted me and asked me if I could come fill in, and I was like, it's my privilege, my privilege to be able to do that for my Catalyst family. For those that don't know me, uh, my name is Pastor Sam. I was a pastor here for 15 years, and now I'm pastoring other pastors uh, as like a Catalyst extension, so I'm uh, really glad to be here, really glad to come join you for this Christmas Day message, Christmas message for uh, this year. And uh, it's funny, I was just watching the the play by put on the youth and I was thinking that was so amazing and then I was thinking how do I come follow that <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do up here <laughs> right? but uh, I just really wanted to come and to, to bring it so I have a question for us to first start and uh, maybe you can turn to your neighbor and I'm going to share about the top 10 things favorite things that people love about Christmas okay so turn to your neighbor and then share about one or two things what's your favorite thing about this season? What's your favorite thing about Christmas? Okay, why don't we come back together? So we'll see if what you shared made the top 10 list. Okay, so we're going to look at the list starting from number 10, top 10 things that people love about Christmas. Number 10 is Christmas dinner. Christmas dinner. I do love food, so that, that'll probably be on my list as well. Number nine, Christmas movies. Although I've not seen a good Christmas movie lately. They keep playing the same thing, Elf, and the same ones over and over again. But I do love Christmas movies. Number eight, lights and decorations. Lights and decorations. I love going seeing those. Number seven, which we did today, Christmas music. Christmas music. Whenever I hear that, I do kind of feel like I get in the season. Okay, number six, Christmas day, or specifically waiting for Christmas morning. Number five, I was surprised I made it on the list. Snow, maybe because we live in Southern California. Snow, or having a white Christmas. Number four, Christmas Eve. Okay, I was kind of surprised Christmas Eve scored higher than Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve, I don't know if it's anticipation. Number four, number three, being with family. Being with family, okay. Number two, the birth of Jesus. Good job, Jesus. You made the list. <laughs> number two, you got a little bit of work to do to hit the number one spot, but Jesus made the list at number two. And number one, presents. Presents. Okay, so it's interesting. I looked at this top ten list. This is actually from a secular kind of website called Top Ten. And they just look at top ten lists, and they take a survey of all the random different people. So it's interesting to me that actually Jesus was as high as he was on this list. 
because as the youth were kind of sharing during their drama, this is the reason for today. This is the why the reason why we're gathering, and we're looking at Jesus and his birth. In particular, we've been going through a series all month called Supernatural Christmas, okay? And we want to continue with that today, Supernatural Christmas. And so I wanted to look at one account that they had actually talked about in the drama, and this comes from Matthew chapter 1, okay? Matthew chapter 1 in verse 18. So let's take a look at that. Uh, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married, was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so there's a lot going on here in this verse, but when you really look at it, it seems unbelievable. Okay, it seems supernatural. Okay, it's talking about Mary, who was engaged to be married uh, to Joseph. Okay, during this time, during the, in the Jewish culture, engagement was the, actually the start of marriage. Okay, so the where couple would get engaged, they would actually be married, and then when they wait until their actual wedding day, the wedding day was actually the end or the consummation of their marriage. Okay, so when they're engaged, they're actually officially married. In fact, if you were to break off the engagement, you had to submit a divorce certificate. If you were unfaithful to your spouse during engagement, it'd be considered adultery. Okay, that's where Mary and Joseph were as an engaged couple. Okay, so they were engaged together, and then Mary has found herself to be pregnant. Okay, so she is pregnant, and uh, the verse makes it very clear. While she was still a virgin, she has still become pregnant. Okay, so obviously, humanly speaking, this is not possible. How does a woman become pregnant if she's still a virgin? This is not possible. And when we look at this, this is kind of the supernatural nature of Christmas. And when I look at this, this is something that really strikes me is thinking, how could this be? How could this be possible? Okay, let's look at verse 19. Verse 19 is when Joseph comes into the picture and look at Joseph's reaction. Okay, so we don't know exactly in the story how Joseph finds out, but I'm assuming he finds out through Mary. But in verse 19, it says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, to Mary was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement off quietly. Okay, so he finds out that Mary is pregnant. Okay, he wants to not publicly shame her, and so he's going to quietly break off the engagement. Okay, so when you look at what Joseph, his reaction is, I think when you look at his reaction, this would be my reaction. Think about yourself in this situation. Think about you, if you're, uh, if you're married, what if you were engaged? Even if you're not married, if you were to be engaged, and during your engagement, your uh, person that you're going to be married to comes to you and says that they're pregnant. But they said, but don't worry, I haven't really been with anybody. What would you be thinking? You know, if I'm Joseph and my wife Susan were to tell me when we're engaged that she's pregnant, but saying, but don't worry, I wasn't unfaithful to you. I wasn't with anybody, but I'm pregnant. What? How else is he supposed to react? How else is, supposed to, is Joseph supposed to react to this kind of story? When Mary is supposed to come in to tell him that she is now pregnant, but she hasn't been with any man. How do you believe that this is actually true? 
This is the supernatural nature of Christmas. When we look at this story, I look at Joseph and his story, and Mary, and Ross, Pastor Ross talked about this when he, he spoke about Mary. Mary was amazing to me. Mary, it was amazing to me that she received what the Lord had told her that this was going to happen. Joseph is more understandable to me and more relatable to me than Mary. Joseph is more clear. It's like, that can't be. Right? And I think when we look at this whole supernatural idea of Christmas, it really strikes at us because, especially here in the United States, I have, I think we have an anti-supernatural bias. Okay? I think we are against the supernatural. I think it's hard for us to really believe it's true. Those are things for, like, the third world countries, uneducated, undeveloped. Us here in the West, that we're educated, we're smart, we've gone to school. We know better than to believe in these kind of supernatural tales. And so when we listen to these supernatural events, a lot of times we're faced with, like, unbelief, even with Christians. You know, Ross had shared a story that I wanted to share, too, is that, you know, this was early on when we started Catalyst, and he shared it, too, during his message about this retreat that we're having where we're focusing on, on healing and asking the Lord to come bring healing. And during this time, I remember I wasn't actually in the room when this happened, so I think my son Isaac was, like, uh, really young, and so I went up to a hotel, our hotel room to kind of check on uh, my wife and my son, and then it came back down, and there's all this commotion happening in the main room. And in the main room, I was going, what is going on? Like, people are, like, screaming, and all these things are happening, and I'm like, what's going on here, right? And so I go down there, and in the middle of this big circle, I see this woman, her name is Sujin, and she was the keyboard player uh, on our praise team. I know Sujin for a very long time. I know her really well. And so I go in there, and I find out that Sujin, who had been born deaf, okay, so she had actually uh, had gone to doctors and tried to address different things, tried to get hearing aids, but hearing aids were not effective because the nerve was completely dead. Okay, so a hearing aid would do no good. Okay, so she was completely deaf in one ear. And when I came to this different, this crowd of people walking uh, around her, they were saying, she can hear. She can hear, right? And they were just totally testing it, and they're like speaking something, and then walking back and going a little bit more, trying to see if she could hear in this ear that she could never hear from her whole entire life. And then she's repeating back the words. Like she's hearing and then she's, she's like so excited. And then she calls her mom. And I can't even imagine that conversation that she has with her mom. She's having this conversation saying like, Mom, I can hear. For the first time in my life, I can hear. You know, and I, I have to be honest, I had so much mixed emotions when I was listening and seeing that stuff unfold. On one hand, I felt like, so happy for my friend, like so enormously happy. But the reason it was so mixed because I had so much unbelief. I'm seeing it happen right before my eyes, and I don't believe that it's actually happened. I was thinking, no, that can't have really happened. That couldn't have really happened, right? Even though I know her. She's my friend. She's not going to lie. She's not some person that I see on TV that you don't know kind of what's going on or what's behind this, some kind of manipulation. I know this person. She's not lying when she says she can hear, right? In fact, she was kind of joking to say, like, she, we're at a retreat at the time. She's like, oh, you know what? 
I don't know what I'm going to do tonight because usually when I have a roommate during the retreat and they're noisy, I would just go to sleep on my good ear and I can't hear anything. But now, what am I going to do tonight? And so she was kind of even joking during that time, but I was like, I can't believe what I just said. But what really was troubling to me was, why can't I? Why can't I believe what I just saw? Because I saw it with my own eyes. I literally was there when God did this supernatural event that someone who was completely deaf could not hear. And then I really had to just wrestle with myself and saying, how come I don't believe? And I don't think that I'm alone. I see this happen very often. You see this all throughout the Bible when you look at these different texts that we read because the Bible is very supernatural. A lot of things happen that are totally unexplainable. And when we look at it from like this Western educated kind of look, it really does start us to believe like, do you really believe this? You look at stories in the Old Testament. You look at, for example, like let's say a character in the Old Testament, Jonah. Okay, so Jonah was his prophet. He received this word from the Lord saying, I want you to go to this country who are your sworn enemies. I want you to go there and to share about me to your sworn enemies. Right? He doesn't want to do it. And so what does Jonah do? Instead of going that direction, he takes a boat and he goes the opposite direction. And he's in that boat and through his circumstances that are totally beyond his control, he gets thrown off of the boat. He gets tossed off of the boat and then what happens in the story? A big fish swallows him whole and then he rides around in this fish for three days and the fish vomits him out onto the land. Totally unharmed. We're supposed to believe that? We're supposed to believe that happened? Some big fish came and just swallowed him and then spit him out and vomited him out on the ground? How are you supposed to believe these stories? How are you supposed to believe all these different kinds? They seem like fairy tales. These are some things that you see like in a movie or you read in a children's book. How are we supposed to believe that these miraculous things happen? Well, I'll tell you how you can't believe it. You can't believe it with your natural mind. If you try to understand it through natural means, you can't understand it because it's supernatural. Supernatural. The prefix super means above, beyond. Right? This is above or beyond the natural. If you try to understand it with your natural thinking, you can't understand it. And there's good reason why you can't understand it. Because it's not natural. It's supernatural. It's something beyond the natural. It's something beyond that happens ordinarily. It's beyond the things that go beyond the laws of nature and the things that we can understand with our human thinking. It goes beyond that. That's why they call it supernatural because it's not natural and if we try to think with our own human thinking how can this be possible because i've seen that i don't know if you've read this too i've seen like different accounts different miraculous things that you see in the bible and they give a human explanation right they're talking about other accounts where people have been swallowed by whales and and this and this and this and happened and i'm like okay and for some reason, that makes me feel like, okay, maybe it's okay to come believe this, right? There's some kind of explanation for that. And then you've heard other things like the River Jordan, the Israelites are crossing the Jordan, and the 
suddenly the water stops and they're all supposed to go across this river. And then you hear different scientific things about how the different seasons and the water goes lower during this time. And they're just trying to water it down enough so you can actually believe it's true with your educated mind and thinking and to think you're not crazy or you're not uneducated or you're not sophisticated. And when I look at that, I look at that and feel like I do that. I want to have some kind of reason to believe. I want to have some kind of evidence to show me that I could actually believe something that in my mind doesn't make any sense, that I can't wrap my mind around. And I really find that when we really see that, that it really kind of reveals you can't really engage that. But I want to tell you this morning that that's okay. You can't engage it. You can't engage it with your natural mind because if you do, then it wouldn't be supernatural. It wouldn't be supernatural if you could understand it with our natural mind. And the other thing we want to see is we can't understand it because this is who God is. That God is supernatural. God is not natural either. If you think about God, God is not natural. If you think about Jesus coming to, coming to this earth and having, having Christmas to celebrate his birth, that's supernatural, not because of what we just looked at, but because he's supernatural. God is supernatural all the time. It's not just every once in a while he's supernatural. He does supernatural things. He's supernatural all the time. If you want to know God, you have to believe in the supernatural because that's who he is. He's supernatural. And isn't that a good thing? Isn't it good that God is supernatural? Isn't it good that we don't have a God who's just like us? Is someone who's like a smarter version of us, a better looking version of us, a more intelligent version of us, a stronger, more powerful version of us? Is that the kind of God that we want to serve? Is that the kind of God who wouldn't be overwhelmed with everything that's going in our life and the things that are happening in the world? Don't we want a God who's above all that? who's supernatural, above nature, above all things that are going on in this world, he's not overwhelmed. He's not overcome. He doesn't be overwhelmed by the things that are happening that are going on in this world and in this life. Don't we want a supernatural God? Don't we want someone who's above nature, who's above the things that we're going through? Because that's the kind of God think about Christmas is supernatural because Jesus is supernatural. I love the way the one theologian would say it. He'd say that Jesus came to earth and he had to borrow a body. And I think that's true. Jesus was in very nature God. God is supernatural, not human. And that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. When he came to earth, he had to borrow humanity. He had to borrow a body. Right? He was fully human, but he was fully God. Christmas is about supernatural. Christmas is about God. But I'm really grateful when you read this account that we're looking through in Matthew 1 because God is gracious with us in this place. Take a look at uh, verse 20. Verse 20, this is uh, as Joseph was thinking about divorcing Mary. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, 
angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has con- was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Okay? God was giving them grace. Right? Even in our unbelief, even when it's hard for us to believe, God still extends that to us. And he speaks to us. He spoke to Joseph. Something that really, I don't think I could have believed either. He extended him grace. And he met him where he was. And I think he wants to meet us where we are today as well. I'm going to end by by sharing a, a story that I actually shared with about a month or so ago. And um, I won't go into the whole story, but I'll give you kind of a part two that happened in the story. So uh, this happened in 2016. Uh, 2016, that's when my wife had brain surgery. Uh, she has a rare condition called Moya Moya. And uh, I was, I thought I was going to lose my wife during that time. Uh, she had two brain surgeries, one on the right side and one on the left side. And to address her condition with Moya Moya, uh, after she came out of the hospital and was going through her very, very difficult recovery, uh, during that time, she had a series of three strokes, okay, one after the other, one after the other. She would recover from one, and then she had another stroke, recover from another, had another stroke, okay, three in a row. So the course of about six months, we're in the hospital pretty much nonstop, okay, and if you've ever been in a situation like that, uh, it's hard, okay? Obviously, it's the most hard on the person who's going through it, but it is very hard on the people that are w- walking with them through in the family, okay? And I really suffered during that time. I had so much stress and anxiety, okay? And where I felt it, right here in my stomach, okay? I felt it all in my stomach, okay? So during that time, like, people had to take care of my wife, but people had to take care of me because, like, I was completely broken during that time. I had so much stress and anxiety. So after we came out of that season, and praise God, she's like a walking miracle. Like she has no deficits, nothing. You could never know that she had uh, two brain surgeries and had gone through three strokes. You would never even guess when you leave, when you see her. Okay, so we came out of that miraculous time, and then uh, I had that so, so much stomach pain that I felt like I had an ulcer. In fact, John Harada, he's here. He's the one who took me to the hospital and to get it checked out to see if it was actually an ulcer because it felt like that. But I wasn't surprised when they said it wasn't, right? I knew it was from fear and from anxiety and stress, right? So coming out of that season, uh, my stomach pain was still there. Even though the situation had resolved and we were coming out of the season, my stomach pain was still there. And I had it every day. And it slowly started to reduce, but I still had it. It wasn't as intense during that, that six months when we had all that time but I still dealt with this pain every single day, every single day. And if you heard me share before, my number one love language is food, right? So this was a hard thing for me to have this stomach pain all of the time because I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to eat because every time I ate, it was worse. And so I'd have this stomach pain every single day for since 2016 all the way to 2020, okay? So every single day, and I prayed so many times for the Lord to heal me, so many times, and I was so frustrated during this time, because I kept praying, like, Lord, why is this happening to me, you know, like, you brought through my wife through this miraculous time, you totally supernaturally saved her, like, why can't you do this, this seems so much smaller than what you did with Susan, 
How come you can't do this smaller thing for me? And I wrestled with the Lord, and I cried out to him, and I was praying, and I had other people praying, and I just realized I'm not going to get healed. I'm not going to get healed during this time. And I started realizing during that time that the unbelief that I talked about was really starting to come in, right? And then I started seeing, I think it's coming in too because we prayed so much for my wife. Prayed for years and years and years for my wife. And then I went back further, and then I remember when my mom had stomach cancer when I was a child, we prayed so much, so much for her. And I feel like God's not answering these prayers. And I'm asking, why are you not answering these prayers? And something changed. And I shared a little bit about uh, in the message that I shared before, but the thing that changed was I changed my question that I was asking. Before, I kept asking why. Why, God? Why? Why am I experiencing this? Why won't it go away? Why won't you heal me? Why is this happening to me? And I realized something changed when I stopped asking why, and I started asking who. Instead of asking, why am I going through this? I started asking, who is with me while I'm going through this? When I changed from asking why to asking who, that changed everything. That changed everything. Because when I was asking the why question, I was asking about things that I didn't even understand. But when I asked the question, who, then I knew that the Lord was with me. I don't know why it's happening. I don't know why it's still going on, but I know he's here. I know he's here. And that's the most important thing as we go through these times. It's not the why, it's the who. Who is here? Who is here that we have a supernatural God who's here, who can be above our circumstances, who's supernatural, above the natural, above the things that we're dealing with and going through. Fast forward this story. That was only about a month ago that I shared that story here. Today, my stomach is completely healed. No more pain. I have no more pain. You know, I did not do anything. I didn't change my diet. I'm not taking new medication. I'm not going to get a procedure. Nothing has changed in my life. Nothing is different. My stomach pain is completely gone. Why he did it now versus before? I, I don't know the answer to those questions. But what I do know is when I started seeking him, when I started just seeking him and stopped asking the why question, but asking the who question, everything changed, including my stomach. And so I wanted to encourage you. Kyle had mentioned that we're going to have a time for prayer today. We're going to have a time for prayer today. And Maybe you can relate to some of the things that I experienced too, some of the discouragement, some of the questioning, some of the unanswered prayers. But my encouragement to you today is don't limit what God can do because he's a supernatural God and he wants to meet you today. So I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up and, and as they do, I'm going to close in prayer, but I wanted to invite you up to come and to receive prayer. And it doesn't have to be physical healing. It could be like, emotional things that you're going through and the things that you're carrying. But God really wants to meet you today. Yeah? So let's, let's close in prayer. So Father, we want to come to you. We want to declare and 
express our heart of gratitude that you are a supernatural God. That you're way above anything that we could ever go through or experience. You're not overwhelmed by that. You're not hindered by that. You're not afraid of those things. That you're so far above those things that you can handle anything that we go through. And we're so glad that you are. We're so glad that you're a, not a natural God who doesn't go by natural means and is not limited by the things of this world and the way that we understand. We're so glad that you're above that because we need that. We need a supernatural God today that we can meet, that we can encounter, that could come and to bring healing for us in our life. So I pray right now. I pray, Father, that you would come. Come meet us right now because we need you. This Christmas season is about you coming here to be with us. So we pray that we would come and to meet you. We thank you that we can because of Jesus. We thank you because of your son. You made the way for us so that we can come and meet you and experience a supernatural God today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So again, Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It would be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.